Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We cover movies, TV shows, and everything else in between. I am your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and I am once again joined by my very good friends, Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and of course, Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. Guys, how are we doing tonight on this Night of Nights, the final night, we're doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. review. How you doing? A little emotional, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's going to be an emotional uh, review of this episode. It's over seven seasons. A good run. I do think seven seasons is a healthy run for a show. They got to develop characters good enough. They yeah. got to... I mean, I don't know. I'm happy to discuss how the ending went um, and how we all felt about the ending. So, Amen. Shimada? Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely... Um, you know, it's going to be surreal to not have this to look forward to. You know, um, it, it's always weird when a show that you've been really on top of and watching comes to its end because it's I, I don't know it's you don't think of it ending in that sense like yeah because because you have all these extra questions and things of that nature um, like life doesn't end for you and as a, when you get into fan fandom this heavy like you don't think of these having an end you just think they will continue in perpetuity you know. Um, and but it's over, man. Yeah, you gotta let it go. I know. I will have to let it go at some point. You know what's crazy is I think we should take a moment to just to like really appreciate. Remember when this uh, season launched? Like it was in the middle of a desert in terms of content, like almost yes. nothing because of coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. And luckily they finished all the editing and they were able to release this as normally scheduled. And gosh, thank God we had twelve weeks worth of this. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Gosh, I don't know what we would have been. I mean, we might not have been doing this podcast. I don't know. This is one of the reasons yeah. we started this podcast for sure around the time that uh, Shield season seven began. So, big shout out to Marvel's Agents of Shield. A great run you had, and tonight we have the privilege of doing one final review of both episodes twelve and thirteen. Um, before we get there, just want to say once again. To follow us on Twitter at Royal Geek Pod and also subscribe to our podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, wherever you listen. We would love to have you uh, subscribe. Leave us some reviews, some feedback. Um, we would appreciate it. So, you guys ready to jump in? Let's do it. Let's I th- do I think this go- goes without saying, but I will say it. Spoiler alert. We are going to talk heavy spoilers on this review uh, let's start with episode 12, which was entitled The End is at Hand. Okay, so uh, it starts out um, uh, with uh, Daisy, Sousa, and Mac. They're on the Quinjet, and they're just, like, coasting through space, you know? Yes. Just, like, casually coasting through space. They're, like, sneaking up on um, on the Zephyr that has been stolen by uh, Malik and Garrett because they're trying to save uh, Gemma and also Deke. Yeah. It, it reminded me a little bit of like Star Wars in the yeah, sense very of like, yeah. you know, we're just gonna catch on in the trash field, you know, that type of <laughs> yep. that type of scenario. Yep. Um, and so they actually dock on the Zephyr, and then the Zephyr immediately after they dock is like beamed up to um, like a mother Chronicon. Yeah, yeah, like a mother Chronicon ship. That's right. And uh, so basically, it's, there's just kind of this funny moment where. Uh, Mac and Daisy and Seuss are standing there in the Quinjet, and they're like ready for someone to get onto the Quinjet. Yeah, and then ready Seuss, for the gates to break down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then Seuss is like, so he says something along the lines of, "Do you guys think 
like there might be on the other side doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and Mac is like, you could just see Mac doesn't say anything, but his face is like, yeah, that's a good point. So, so yeah. he like goes, he uh, lets the hatch down, and they find the Zephyr empty. So uh, big problem there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemma and Deke are not on Zephyr One, but they are now somewhere on this enemy Chronicom mothership. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Basically, I think the next thing, and this is actually pretty interesting. Let's talk about this for a minute and the effects it had. The Chronicoms, then they have Gemma and Deke. They they put them into a cell, and right when they do that, you see one of the Chronicoms stabs Gemma with something. Right. And like earlier in the previous episode, episode eleven, you see Gemma forgetting fits, and I think that was a yeah. natural response of her inhibitor making her forget things, like a failsafe, like yeah. a failsafe. Yeah. But then on top of that, they they hit her with this thing that is supposed to dissolve the uh, memory inhibitor in, in her mind or in her mm-hmm. head. Right, so, yeah. uh, and dude, this just has ripple effects the entire, the entire rest of the way, right? Yeah, for sure. She goes on ramblings just like spewing mm. stuff. So, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, Which so. was kind of, you know, adorable and kind of hilarious in its own right. <laughs> I didn't make a note of it, but I do remember the, um, the scene where – Daisy finally shows up, and she's yeah. like, "Where are you wearing that costume?" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Daisy, you can tell is like, it's not a costume, but uh, oh. it's a yeah. Can, can I, I get, get one?" one? <laughs> <laughs> and then her uh, Daisy and Deke at the same exact time say, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good." All right, so um, basically, it, it, something interesting too. You see Malik over there with Sybil. And Sybil's all confident, as she always is. Yes. Super composed. Yeah. And she's, you know, they've got, uh, they've got Gemma and Deke on board, and Malik is basically pretty convinced of his experience in Gemma's mind that Fitz is dead. Yeah, he says yeah. everything that he's, yeah. he's seen, the evidence. He said he feels like Fitz is dead. That's and, right. And then, well, then the predictor Sybil, she says, uh, she drops the line with well, that she could have been programmed to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sybil seems to be very much of the mindset that seeing is believing at this mm-hmm. point. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Needs hard proof, hard evidence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely wants hard proof, and it definitely, um, you know, with the whole situation with, um, gosh, I just lost okay. my train of I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. Hey, you know what? We we had a long day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long week. I mean, we had two hours of Shield to watch this week, man. Yes, we had to. I had to go back and watch it again because I needed to simmer on it some more. So, um, man, all right. So let's talk about this too. So a little bit later, you see Cora and Malik together, and you could kind of tell Cora's a little bit uneasy. Now it's weird. Yeah. It's really weird because at the end of last episode, they're like making out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like a for- it was kind of like Malik forced himself on her. Oh a little yeah. Bit. yeah. Oh, sure. It was a weird. It was awkward. And and she was probably a little scared, even though she you know she's pretty powerful. She's probably a little scared to uh, do anything about it. But basically, she seems a little hesitant about Malik. And then he goes into this long, you know, not monologue, but he's like, you know, Shield, they're the bad guys, and we're the good guys. And it was just yeah. so like Shield bad, we good. Yeah. <laughs> it just was like. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. I, yeah, I definitely felt like when that was being said, um, and I even mentioned it to you guys during it, I was like, that is, you know, when you draw draw finite lines like that, you open yourself up to uh, possible holes in your plan. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure, for sure. And here's something, too. I will I will say this about Malik. I, he has grown on me in the last few yeah. episodes. And I think, once again, we've said this all season long in our reviews, but the fact that we're in a 13-episode season, things are much quicker 
he never I don't think he got the time that it was required for us to really yeah. appreciate him as a villain. Um he definitely got OP as it went oh, uh, yeah, for in sure. this episode. Definitely. Um and and again, I think he there's some things about his character that is like, man, if he had more time to develop, he he probably would be a good villain. Yeah. Uh but sadly, he was always just a pawn in, in ultimately for Sybil. So yes. um yeah, man. So basically, and and also he was lying to Korra too about Jiang, uh, like saying things that Jiang said about Korra, how she wished yeah. she was never born, right? And exactly. Stuff like yeah, that. just messing with her emotionally and yes. mentally, yeah. Ju- justifying when he uh, snapping her neck. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, all right, then some cool things happen. So we're back at the lighthouse, and Garrett shows up with some with some Chronicom bombs. Yeah, which do <laughs> Chrono of- bombs? Yeah, Chrono bombs. <laughs> and again, it's Coulson. He's like, all right, if no one's gonna say it, I'll say it. That's a chronobomb. And so basically, what did you guys think about um, this whole premise that the lighthouse wasn't destroyed because it was built to withstand an attack? I mean, it's a convenient, it's a convenient thing. I mean, yeah. uh, Is any base really like that impenetrable that a alien ship can't destroy it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it really comes down to the degree of, you know, keeping your main character safe, you know. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. did, I did like at least they mentioned that in this episode. So you, because of at the end of the last episode, you're like, well, they destroyed all these other bases, but like they didn't destroy this. Yeah. Why, why was the lighthouse somehow saved? It, it, it made it seem like. It, it made it seem like it was one of those moments of like ineptness by the and mm-hmm. by the um by the villain side. Yeah, and they in this episode they like are like, oh yeah, this is why this is yeah. why this is happening. Yeah, and they did it a few times. They've actually done it a few times all season when you really think about it. But even this episode, we mentioned it earlier uh, when Sybil mentions like, oh, they're you know that she might have been programmed to forget those yeah. memories, you know. And here, like right away, I think it was Malik talking to Sybil, and he's like, the lighthouse isn't destroyed. Yeah. You know, and it's just like it just seemed convenient, but at the same time, they wrote around it. I would have been okay with the explanation of, uh, well, I just want them to to suffer, and they need to be last, and I need to do it personally. Like, yeah, I would I would have been fine with that excuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, but it would also be yeah. it would have exactly. been one of the classic follies of the villain of the villain like side, where it was like, oh, well, you need to be last. Or yeah. you know, well, I'm you gonna, leave, know I'm, or I'm gonna leave you a room alone in this room and let you be killed off screen, and I'm yeah. just gonna believe that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't as good as later. And we could talk about this later too. But when the uh, the Chronicoms show up for Mac and Susa, we've come to take your faces. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. Um, all right, so basically, Garrett shows up at the lighthouse with the Chronobombs, and we'll talk more about like how he. How that all went down with Coulson kind of out. They they basically outthought Garrett. So, I mean, Coulson shows off his little uh, Chronicom self because he's yes. his, yeah, his yeah, Coltron yeah. where he like predicts. Coltron, baby. Yeah, he predicts exactly where Garrett's going to go just based on the infrastructure of the building yes. and yeah. the base. And then legit happens. And uh, That's very Garrett, much an Enoch thing. Yeah, exactly. And then Garrett, he's like, oh, that's cute. What's this little X for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In the most Garrett way possible. Dude, I still so on the on the Reddit. There's some people who have been pr- kind of critical of Garrett. I love this young Garrett man. All season, well, all season. The last few episodes that he's been in. Yeah, I think he's been a joy. Yeah, I he, think he's he done a great he was job. A fun character. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that I would say I would look down on is 
He had some weird big teeth. That was like <laughs> the only thing that I would teeth, say. He's, like, he's, got hey, some... he's like, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he always says that. And he's like, uh, what are you planning on doing? He's like, oh, we're, these are just going to appear on you, like the handcuffs. Yeah, he's like, did you think I was just going to you know, teleport into them? And he's like, no, we were kind of planning on them teleporting onto you. And he's like, oh, really? And then yeah. instantly, yo-yo, boom. Yeah. <laughs> boom. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so he tried to get out, couldn't. And we'll, we're, we're to, we'll, we'll come back to that because that's a main point where Malik just kind of like disregards him completely. Yeah. Um, but back in the, the mothership, I don't know what to call it, whatever ship that uh, Sybil is on, uh, this is great. And let's talk a little bit about Deke and kind of his, like, it's interesting because Gemma is his grandmother. Yes. But he's, like, almost like the protector right now because she's forgotten things. Yes. And he's, like, guiding her through She's this. very vulnerable right now. It actually, Super to vulnerable. tell you the truth, in, it is very similar to, like, the final stages of a grandmother-grandson relationship in a lot of ways. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, That's dealing with, like, dementia, that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. You know, like having to help a lot, you know, mm-hmm. you know, guiding them around, that type of thing. So it's yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. It's a really good point. And I do think that uh, Gemma, played by uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, uh, she deserves a Performance of the Week award. Mm, because okay. I'm telling you, man, she did a, such a great job of selling the cluelessness. Yes. The, uh, the like... Being uncomfortable yeah, being the whole time. Yeah, being very uncomfortable. Yes. And uh, unraveling new information, discovering new information. Like, yes. it was re- really believable. And it was... Yeah. Uh, wasn't as cheesy as it could have been. Yeah. Uh, and then when she does get her memories back later in the episodes, like th- her performance still it, like it carries yeah. a big emotional hits. So yeah. it's a good point. It's a good point. So when they're in their cell, uh, Deke is trying to get out, and he's trying also at the same time he's multitasking, trying to help her remember things. You know, he's like yeah. talking about the memory inhibitor, and she's like memory inhibitor. Yeah, the thing that protects you from remembering the location of you know who, and she's like just confused. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, let me act it out for you. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Deke turns around and pretends to – he impersonates Fitz. Fitz. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, really freaking well. It was good, yeah. Like I can't even do it justice now like I wouldn't. But everything from the way he was standing with his hands on his like, the back yes. of his hips to like his actual like Scottish, right? Scottish yeah, accent. Scottish, yeah. Man, that was honestly one of the best parts of the it whole was very, episode. It was hilarious, yes. man. Oh, enjoyed that one. Gosh, I love it. Um, but yeah, she can't remember Jack crap, man. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, even later when Daisy shows up, she doesn't remember Daisy. She doesn't remember anyone else later on. Um, speaking of Daisy, what do you guys think of, uh, old Sousa and Daisy, the move that Sousa made? Oh, Sousa, man. What an OG right there, man. Like, in his blue shirt. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) She, like, she's, the fact that Max sent her off on the mission by herself, like, like, He's sending her away. He's like, "Okay, Daisy, you go infiltrate and escape uh, with with the yeah. team." And he, I feel like he wouldn't really do that uh, before. He'd be like, "Okay, pair off. Like you and I will go or something like that." But yeah. he's like, "No, Daisy's determined. She's here to get her yeah. quote unquote sister." And then uh, yeah, yeah. And then she walks off, and then Sousa plays it like a like a, a whole like a freaking G man. And then yes. he uh, pulls her close and just embraces her. And then he walks back to Mac, and Mac's just like looking at her, looking at him, and he's like. Yeah, so what up? <laughs> no, he says. So he, Mac is, he doesn't actually look at him. He's looking forward at some screen, and you just hear him say, impressive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which but, I thought was a nice touch, man. But yeah, I felt like like Sousa through the whole entire season, he's just been so like straightforward. Like everything that he has done has been about getting to completing whatever mission he's on. And like even in this moment, it's just like, 
I'm gonna kick, kiss Daisy. So I pull her in and I kiss Daisy. Yeah, you know it's it's not you know waffling over it. You know some like tentative moment. You know no half kiss or anything like that. It's like he thinks he's gonna do something and then he does it. Yeah, it was really nice too. That it wasn't like overly romantic and overly cheesy. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Wait before you go, I have to tell you something. <laughs> now he's like, hey, come here. Yeah. You know? Yep. Smooch, smooches her up a little bit, yep. and then they they go. <laughs> they they get their work done. Just in case one of us dies in this mission. You have to know that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And also, yeah, that was a good thing you mentioned, too, Justin. Like, it was Daisy's idea. She's like, I'm going. I'm doing this. And you can see Mac. He's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that, that's a good point because a lot of times Mac is like, all right, slow down. Let's come up with a plan. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Season finale, we're just going to freaking do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um. All right. So speaking of Daisy, she goes off to to get uh, Deke. Oh, dude. By the way, all right. This happened like twice. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but Je- uh, Daisy's like, I gotta go save Gemma, and then Max says, and Deke, and Jay- yeah. Daisy says, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and later in the hallway, after she gets them, she's like, I had to come get Gemma. He's like, and me. And Daisy to Deke says, sure. Jeez, <laughs> like yeah. twice. That's so messed up. Poor yeah. Deke, man. Oh, yeah, my gosh. He's so mistreated. Poor Deke. Man. He is. So speaking of the hallways, while they're in the hallways, man, did you guys catch how, like, the Chronicoms, like, were just walking right by yeah, They Daisy, weren't a priority. Everyone. They yeah. weren't a priority. They were not a priority. Yeah, like, like I was telling you guys um, while we were watching it once again, it was like, uh, it was like they were like a hive mind, it, you know, very much so where Sybil was – you know, 100% in control of all of them at this point, and that it was just, you know, it really was like they were this one single driven mission that they would, you know, not deviate from. Yeah, and so watching back, I, I I did not catch this the first time, but watching it a second time, I picked up on a line that is actually pretty important. So Sybil is talking to Malik, and she says, the odds of discovering the truth about him, she's talking about Fitz, are 11% higher if we allow Daisy to re- Daisy Johnson, she says, to reunite with Gemma Simmons. I totally missed that. Hmm. Like, I totally missed that. Yeah. I didn't hear that at all the first time. So no surprise that they're letting them just walk around. And then later on, it's kind of – it became obvious when we watched it the first time, like – Okay, she's letting them walk around and she's listening in. And they were a she. It felt like Gemma was about to remember maybe where Fitz yeah. was. And then you see Cora show up. Well, yeah, Cor- she's waiting. She's waiting for them, and it throws a curveball into the whole the whole plan. Yeah. And uh, uh, Sybil immediately blames Malik, and she's like, Instantly. "What? Did, what did you do? Like you like she didn't see it. It didn't, it wasn't in her predictions. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of an interesting." Um, like difference that you see in the control that Sybil has over the Conicoms in this episode, and you see it's just it, it's just complete. Like they are so completely in her control, whereas Malik has comparatively no control over his team. Like you know, John Garrett's a a wild card in his own right. Cora's off doing her own things. People are over here calling Malik sir, and he's you know tearing out their hearts and things like that. So it's just it's an interesting uh way to, you know, show the juxtaposition of the two leaderships. Which is crazy because there's there was numerous times that Malik was so confident in thinking that he was the one in charge yes. and the Chronicoms are working for him and 
I mean, we knew as the audience that yes. the Chronicoms are definitely the number one, and he is definitely the pawn. Yeah. But yes. He was so confident in some of the things he was saying. Yeah, that, he even told I mean, Cora, they're working for yeah, us. Oh, I know. Yes. When, oh, he yeah. said, when he said that line, I, I looked over That's at you like, guys. Bro, I was like, who like, ship yeah, are you on, on right now? Yeah. Who, who, who do you think you are? Right He's like, they're driving you home right now. You know? Oh, my gosh. But yeah. But yeah, and they really do um, take a lot of effort in these two episodes to really tear down any notion, any last notion, that Malik is the one who is in control. Yeah. You know, that he is, they really show, like, Sybil is really, really the mastermind behind all of this. And, and it's interesting, too, so when they show up on around the corner and Cora is there, um, she's, like, talking to Daisy, and I actually, again, watching it a second time, I'm like, you know what? In one sense, you think Cora's there to try to maybe stop her, and Daisy talks her out of it. In another sense, I almost think that Cora was like, okay, if if it's much more likely that Gemma's just going to spill the information if they're together, I'm going to go get in the way. Like, I really think that Cora might have been more like, I'm going to stop this by kind of pre- playing dumb almost. You like know, keeping them from yeah, and like that, I think I, I don't know. Re- I might be reading. That's too an much interesting that. take on that. Yeah, that might be yeah. too much. I don't know if I don't know if the character that was established of, of Cora is was yeah. smart enough to think yeah. about that though. To be honest yeah. with you, the way I saw it more is just like what uh, you've seen a lot of Cora. She's just like she's big on impulse decisions. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and she just like you know, just like with everything else she had done, like choosing to go with Malik, even though she had been with her mother for decades. You know, choosing somebody she <laughs> yeah. had only known for, you know, 30 seconds. You know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, all because he talked pretty, Pretor. Yeah, pretty talked pretty for that's 15 fair. seconds, you know. At the same time, she was about to kill herself, and he knew that that was going to happen. That's that's kind of like, how did you know that? You know, like, there's a little yeah. bit of that. That's... Well, even that being an impulse decision, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fair, okay, fair. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about, let's, let's change the pace a little bit. So <laughs> Mac and Sousa are still on the... Zephyr, and they're a little like disappointed. Like basically, Sybil, I love their pairing, dude. Their yeah, pairing man, is they're good. awesome. Even yeah. from the, even from the previous mm. episode, it was good. Sybil, like you know, zooms in real quick on Zephyr one, and like is talking to them. And Max all like pissed off, and he basically says, you know, while we're here, let's cause some havoc. So he he gets all angry, and he goes to the control board and shoots off some missiles, and they're going in the hangar doors. Like we're gonna blow these hangar doors to pieces. Then you just see these rockets go up and just whoosh. It's just like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all, man. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. And I think one reason why Mac and Susu work so well together is because uh Mac is like a very old soul. Like in like he is Yeah, that's true. You know, he he just feels in a lot of ways like he should be from the past more. Like even even getting back to his whole dislike of robots yeah. and things like that, you know. And it just yeah. really fits into like a very <laughs> old school kind of point That's of view. That's a good point. And that makes more sense now the line he said basically as Susa and him are waiting for some chronicoms to show up, he says something like can't believe it's going to be robots to take us out in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like I've heard him say that before. Yeah. In like a previous I, season. At maybe. the very least he has talked a lot about not liking them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Ada, remember back yes. with Ada, he hates he hates robots. Interesting so, coming from a mechanic too. Just yeah, but it's like when you're working on something, you don't want to see it hop off and try to kill you. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's talk about this. So, man, basically him and Sousa are on the Quinn – no, excuse me, the Zephyr 1, and 
uh, a team of Chronicom show up. This is the ones that yeah. said, we're here to take your faces. <laughs> and of course, Mac has a line. Mac like, has a line, yep. You would be because of your faces you had chose are so ugly or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you with faces like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sousa says something good, too. He's like, I'm pretty sure, you know, sarcasm goes right over their head. <laughs> which I instantly thought of Drax when he yes. says, nothing goes over my head. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I shouldn't get on a So tangent. then they immediately uh, go into like a quick little cool yeah, pull out what was what sword. This, what was this? Staff. Staff EMP thing. Or? If we were real S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, we would know. Because I remember seeing this. Basically, they get on a knee. Hmm. They they press this little stick to the ground and like a EMP rocket, something killing thing. Yeah pops up and like knocks them out where did we see that though i i know we've seen it before and it's going to be something that like if someone's listening to this they're, they're gonna be like dude these guys are novices man they don't even remember the you know the the, the kill stick of death <laughs> whatever it was yeah, like season three episode like Bobby? episode four uh i don't remember man <sighs> gosh man it's it was it's been introduced before. It was an old, yeah. it was an old weapon. Yeah, and again, there's a lot of callbacks in these last two episodes, which we'll we'll get to mainly when we review episode thirteen. Um, but it kills it kills these Chronicoms. And, and Sousa, Sousa, yeah, Sousa, he's like, Where, do you have another one? Yeah, like, he's like, how many of those do you have? He's like, that was the last one. Yeah, <laughs> which again, like, it, convenient, like, bro, they had the Zephyr one hatch open. Yes, one team of Chronicom shows up and and they kill them, but it's like. They just had the hatch open the whole episode, and nobody, like almost no oh, yeah. one, nobody shows, shows up. up. Yeah, that's a good point there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, one, once again, it leads back to the whole idea of them being so one-minded on their mission, and Sybil having so much control that. Yeah. And I guess so for Sybil, they were probably the secondary entities that were so non-important to her percentages in her scenarios that. Focusing on them would have been a non-issue. Yeah, and to be fair, she said that like they at at one point they weren't worried about them at all, and later on she kind of frees up Malik. She's like, "You're free to do with them whatever you want." Yeah, you know. So eventually she's like, "Sure, do you want to kill them? Have fun." <laughs> yeah. Um, so back down at the lighthouse, Garrett is in, in these little uh, what do you call it? Handcuffs that prevent him from jumping and teleporting. Um. Mm-hmm. They've got the designs from something Fitz worked on and seasons past, I th- like season two actually. I think it was season two with yeah. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and since he can't get out, he calls Malik and he's like, "Hey, buddy, uh, funny thing, we gotta you know delay these these bombs." And Malik's like, "I'd love to, but uh, that's not the plan." Yeah, <laughs> and basically leaves him there to die. And so when yep. they realize these bombs are about to go off, it's like, and it happened pretty quick. Watching it a second time, I was like. Pretty impressed with the way they pulled this off. You can tell that Yo-Yo just blitzes, takes all the bombs somewhere, and then they explode. Yeah. And then just rubble everywhere. Yeah. Uh, destruction. Destruction and, for uh, sure. It falls on Coulson, and he grabs May and like covers her up because obviously he's like strong and yeah. impenetrable now, apparently. Coltron. Yeah. And, and even then, if uh, his body is destroyed. Right. Yeah. And then Gordon is smashed by a rock. And I, I fully believe that he was dead there. Like, I was like, okay. I thought they, so, too. They just yeah. killed him off right there. So yeah. But not yet. They kill him off later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they get out of the rubble. And now Garrett has a reason to fight. You know? Yeah. What yeah. does it he say? Uh, he said he looked into and saw a future where S.H.I.E.L.D. abandons him. But that's, that's right. not the case right here. And yeah. then uh, Coulson's like, well, we're rewriting history. And. Not too late to get on the right side of history. Yep. And Garrett's like, well, 
Looks like I'm wearing a white hat now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, just a hilarious, like, it reminds me a lot of the way Garrett was in, you know, when he was p- being played by Bill Paxton in yeah. the sense of, like, he's on the side of whatever keeps him alive and, you know, in power, pretty much. Yeah. Um, And then while they're in the control room of the lighthouse, they kind of mention how they're stuck, like, uh, what is it? Yo-Yo ran all over the place and realized there's there's no way out. All the exits are destroyed. Yeah. Like they're strand, they're stuck. Fortunately, uh, Garrett's not dead, and yeah. nope. ev- eventually he gets them out. But and this is the thing too. So Coulson picks up on like some beeping, this, this sound, yeah, some yeah, sound like some sort of distress frequency, signal, yeah. frequency. And w- while we were watching it, we were like, "What is that?" We we actually thought like, "Oh man, like maybe that's going to Fitz." Yeah. Um, I kind of watched it a second time. I, I missed how it's like it was talking about 084, and it was um, all the 084s. Basically, we find out that they're reuniting at the bar in New York. That was the swordfish was the password. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So the speakeasy. The, yeah. the speakeasy. And it was the something the, canoe. The crazy canoe. Crazy canoe. God knows what else it was. There was the same place that uh, – I think it was the same place that Malik actually recruited – yeah, um, it was. Yeah, dude, they've been in that same bar all season now that I think about it. Yeah, I think that's also where uh, th- that might be. That was also where Deke had that concert. Dude, is that right? I'm pretty sure that's the same bar. That Deke oh had that man, I have to go back and watch because it's definitely. I'm pretty sure also it's the same bar that. Uh, hmm. I remember when Malik got like taken by Daisy, like Nathaniel. And, like, she used yes, him as bait. It is. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. 100% the same yeah, bar. Yeah, so, man, yeah, dude, if that's the same bar that, <laughs> that uh, the Deke squad was yes. playing in or whatever, that's great. Um, so let's actually talk about the 084s. So we sh- they, sh- they show up at this bar, and... Um, we get the name of the episode, for Garrett at least. Yeah, the end is at oh, hand. Oh, sorry, I was thinking, <laughs> like, I was, Literally, as soon as they appear in the bar... Dude. Just, Garrett Bam. gets shot right in the head. <laughs> yes. Dude, bullet to the forehead. And we learn that it's Victoria Hand, a younger Victoria younger Hand. Younger Victoria Hand, yeah. but clearly Victoria Hand. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, um, what gave it away, right? The red streak in her hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, she shoots him directly in the head. And, I, I mean, instantly. We didn't even, yeah. like, yeah, get a and, chance to breathe. And, you, like, and, and so you could. So they all – so uh, Coulson, May, and Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo put their hands up. Yo-Yo actually says, I could disarm them all right now, which she can. Yeah, because her powers are super convenient. Always have been, um, and and uh, Coulson says no, they're scared. No reason to frighten them anymore. Um, Which may confirms with her empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Coulson says we received a, I guess some sort of distress signal. I can't remember exactly what he says when the attacks happen, and we came here. Am I right to believe that you guys heard something similar? And they put their guns down because they realize that they're shield agents and. They're all there for the same reason. And this was really fascinating. So they all have different packages. Some of them are in satchels. Some of them are in, yeah. in briefcases, boxes, uh, plastic bags. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and they're all on this counter on the bar top, and they're all 084s. And yeah. um, it's really nice that none of these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents happen to be at any of the bases um, that all blew up. Otherwise, this plan wouldn't have worked. True. Um, That's a great point. A convenient, but yeah, great convenient. point. Yeah. But, uh, however, and and again, what these things are, right from the jump, you're like, okay, these are like s- like space tech things, <laughs> like futuristic space tech stuff. Like it didn't look like normal um, 
technology, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. And so it's like, okay, this has to do something with Gemma. This has to be something with maybe Fitz. Yeah. And we learn later that Enoch probably uh, traveled throughout time, or as time went on, when he got stranded in the 30s, left these items with S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and had them protect them with their lives. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their families' lives. Yeah, and their and families' And it was passed lives. down from generation yeah. to generation. Yeah. Which is a really cool way to just be like, you know, have that history of everything that's yeah. going on. So, but so they, were, they were missing a key. They were missing um, a way to put it all together. And then back on the Zephyr, uh, back on the Zephyr, we have uh, Mac and Sousa who are uh, making a uh, chrono rocket. Oh, dude, this is good. This is good. So Seuss actually mentions earlier in the episode at one point that uh, they were the Chronicoms tried to turn Helios and Area 51 into a nuclear bomb with yes. one. Yeah. Um, imagine what bomb. we can do with six. Yeah, imagine what we can do with six. And he, like, yes. stabs it and rips it open. And y- you just see this awesome camera work getting Mac's face, and he's like, hell yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something. Uh, I think he said we could do a hell of a lot of damage. Um but yeah, dude, so they basically, to get out, once finally Daisy comes and Gemma's there, Deke's there, the whole gang is there, uh, dude, they, they shot off some rockets that had Chronicom's duct tape to them. Duct yes. tape, yeah. <laughs> get me the duct tape. <laughs> Find me some duct tape. And they blow a massive hole in the uh, the hangar doors to the mothership for, for whatever, we're, that's what we're going to call it, the Chronicom mothership. So they escape, and they are able to get down to uh, the same bar. So how they knew to go there, no idea, but they did. So they show up at this bar, and Gemma doesn't remember anybody, but she instantly just starts, like— yeah, Beautiful she, minding it. She's, like, just, she's just— Yes, yes, good yes, She's just, you know, she's just working in this, you know, <laughs> otherworldly, like— trance state almost and she's just like babbling as she's going along she's talking about like marriage Marriage, holy matrimony yeah Yeah. all this stuff is my true love (laughs) yeah something like that she's like just building this thing and that that, that was a fantastic line i love that line math is my true love like it's (laughs) (laughs) so uh so basically um yeah colson he says like what's wrong or what happened and deke is saying uh that they they did something they injected her with something and it's affecting her memories Oh, no, it's Math is my faithful husband. That's what it was. Oh, Math yes. is my faithful <laughs> husband. So she says, Math is my faithful husband. And as Deke is explaining how she's going in and out, he's like, see, there you go. But she just goes to the bar top, and she's, like, putting all these things together. And I think Daisy's like, how do you know how to do that? Or someone says, how do you know what you're doing? She doesn't know. She's but like, she, I don't know. I just know you need to go together. She happens to remember that. And then they realize they're missing one piece, and this old black man shows up. And he's got again. He's he says sorry, I'm late. And he's got this. The bus was late or something. The like bus that, right? broke yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. He had his last 084 in a plastic bag, like a like a Walmart bag. A yeah, convenience, yeah, a convenience store bag. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, um, I think someone said, "Where did you get this?" And, and this is the guy that said, "Oh, I can't remember. It might have been my from my friend Enoch or one of the Canings." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is such a great line. I was I just so that, happy. Yeah. I was so happy. Um, but anyways. She like immediately Gemma grabs it. Immediately grabs this key, and it's like sound detected. I don't know what this was. She bangs this little fork-looking thing on the counter, and it vibrates and makes this high-pitched sound, which reveals. I feel like I'm in like an escape room. Oh yeah, <laughs> reveals the wall. this wall goes up. Like nobody found that this whole time. And again, looking back on it a second time, I realize that's a quantum tunnel thing. 
Like I yeah. didn't realize it at first. It, but it looked like the the time machine that Tony game. Stark built in Endgame. Yeah, just a yeah. much much smaller one. But yeah, uh, and I'm like, dude, like we're watching the guy. We're like, we're about to get fits. We're about to get fits. We're like, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And then Gemma can't figure it out. She's slipping in and out of memory again. Yeah. And basically, as Daisy is talking to her, she somehow realizes that her wedding ring is literally the key to this machine. Mm-hmm. So she puts the wedding ring in. And at this point, man, I'm just like, this has to be Fitz. Now, we, we don't know for sure because take it back to the beginning of this review when we're talking about Malik. He's convinced he's he, dead. Yeah. that Fitz is dead. If you listen to our previous review, we were like, oh, crap, maybe Fitz really is dead. They, they really built that storyline up really, really well. Yeah, and made to it, throw us off the scent. Yeah, the, to push it in that direction. Exactly. She puts the ring in, and then the quantum tunnel starts activating, and it's doing its thing, and out pops a human. <laughs> a Cyberman. A, yeah. <laughs> He's got this mask on, and lo and behold, praise God, we <laughs> finally get Leopold Fitz in the flesh. And I, I wish our listeners could see. We're all watching this together the other night. And Justin stands up. He's got his beer in his hand. He's he's we're, you know we're enjoying some adult beverages as we're watching. And you literally, with your arms outstretched in joy, you're like spinning around in circles. <laughs> I think you did like three or four full circles. And dude, oh my gosh, I was just so fired up to see yeah. Fitz, man. Yes. I was so fired up. And long overdue. Long overdue. For I mean, sure. Episode 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 11 episodes overdue. And I mentioned this too. So the episode's about to end. We're going to talk about the last few lines. But I feel like, and I liked, I love that we had two hours worth of content for the finale. Like yeah. episodes 12 and 13. It was nice. It felt like a movie that night. It really did, yeah. It was great. But at the same time, can you imagine what the week would have been like from between episode 12 and 13 if they spread them out? Where we had. Fitz show up and we had a whole week to just revealed yeah simmer on that you know yeah. finally something good happening but anyways man so Fitz shows up he's like so excited he says you did it and he's uh looking at Gemma and he actually um uh walks up to her he said it worked and she he goes to hug her doesn't he, he goes like to it, hug her yeah. or something she backs away and she's he says she doesn't remember she doesn't remember me does she and then he just says damn <laughs> And then it cuts to commercial. And it's pretty much the end of the episode. They, they come back and they do something with Sybil that was okay. Um, they, where Sybil does another name drop where she says the end is at hand. Super dramatic. Talking about that's actually the 100% scenario that this is the last time they're ever going to be in the room together. Yeah. Which they hit on that multiple times. Making us think like a bunch of people are about to die. But man, that, that, even that line from Fitz. Like he was, he hadn't showed up all season. And you see him, he pops up and he's like, she doesn't remember me, does she? Damn. It, yeah. it just hit really yeah. hard, man. Yeah. Um, like just another mountain to climb. Yeah, right? just yes. another mountain to climb. And I'm thinking, dude, do you remember? I was like, man, if the freaking writers yeah. don't resolve this and they yeah. leave us, the whole joke is that the whole universe has always been against yeah. uh, Gemma and Fitz. Their relationship is a lot like Atlas, where he's constantly having to, to uh, push the – the rock up the hill, but he can never actually make it down, and he just keeps on pushing it down. They end up back at the bottom of the hill. Like, every single season, they seem to do that to them. (laughs) They're making all this progress up there, and then they can't get it quite up there, and then they're back down at the bottom. Ground zero. Yes. So, episode 12 ends, 
And I think what we're going to do, we're actually going to take a little intermission. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, we had episode 12, we have episode 13. There's so much still to talk about. But we've already been going for almost 40 minutes. We're going to take a tiny break. We're going to come right back. And we're going to talk about episode 13 of the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, guys, we're back. We're ready to talk about episode 13, which is called What We're Fighting For, okay? Uh, which was, I mean, soup, like the, the theme was widespread throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Um, but, man, all right. We had a little intermission. We need a little break because there's so much S.H.I.E.L.D. content to talk yeah. about this week. I'm really glad we did that, by the way. Um, but let's jump in. So all season long, when, a, when an episode starts, you have, like— a lot of cool, like, gr- you know, graphics, like title cards and everything. A lot of cool opening sequences. Right. And this one, as the Marvel logos up there, you just hear, like, arguing. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> like, Fit- you could just hear Fitz talking with Mac and Colson and May, like, the entire team. Yeah. And just talking about, like, what they had to do was the only way. And everyone's just, like, mad at Fitz. I'm just like, bro, give this man a break. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... At least for us, we hadn't seen him all season. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm over here getting defensive. Don't talk to my boy like that. <laughs> um, but as they're talking, uh, he says something very, very interesting in the ears of the team. He says, we can still go back to our original timeline and save it. Yes. And you, yeah. hear, you can just see Mac, his face of just, like, hope. He says, we can go back? And then Fitz is like, "Yes, <laughs> he yeah." Because for the last couple episodes, they had been they had made a point to kind of push the idea that, "Hey, that old timeline is no yeah. more." Like, like, like you four you, or five episodes recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it, it, you, like especially like Core and the lot and yeah. uh, she was like, "Yeah, your old time doesn't line doesn't exist. You you need to focus on There's what's no happening going back now. now." Yeah, yeah. You know. Hey, speaking of Cora, this was an awesome part too. Um, Fitz actually says, we hoped that you would survive this far to give us the key to save our world. And I think May says, what key? And he says, Cora. And you just see the faces of everyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone on the team. And then you don't have man, Cora. <laughs> Fitz just does such a, Ian does such a good job. You just see his face. He's like looking around. And he does that classic fits. You know the surrender surrender cobra that you see at like sporting events where you put your hands on like yeah, the back yeah, of your yeah, head. Yeah. And he does it so well. You could just see his face of like, what the heck, guys? He just puts his hands on his head and just the classic fits. I wrote down in my notes later that the the, the panic fits is back, where he's like trying to explain things to people who aren't as smart as him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. it's back, man. Um, but man, he's like, did Cora survive? And. Uh, and they're like, yeah, like she did. But he's like, okay. And then he's like, uh, they mentioned she's with the bad guy, Nathaniel. And he's like, okay, we'll we'll, we'll work around that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The panic, the panic fits his back. Right. He's like, all right, don't, we'll we'll figure that out. He's like, what about Jiang? Yeah, he's like, did you reconnect <laughs> with your mother? She's like, she's dead. He's like, guys, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just had to make it here. And and what do you guys do? You drop the ball on yep. a few things. Yeah, like so it's cool because fits like he he uh, he describes. He says, you went back in time and branched off, but you can travel through something called the quantum realm, mm. which, ding, was, ding, uh, ding. which was awesome, which it's like, 
it was revolutionary when when the the idea of the quantum realm was revealed in Ant-Man and the Wasp and then yes. was a huge part of Endgame obviously and it's like oh it's so nice that Fitz knew about the quantum realm too. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe hung out with Ant- Ant-Man in the quantum realm for a little bit. Um, or uh yeah, or the mother. Yeah, yeah. or uh <sighs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, but I can't remember her uh name in the Janet. MC. Janet, there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, this is kind of cool too. So they're they're in the room, and Deke is actually the one who like solves the problem. Okay, so you guys remember this? Where Deke's like he solves the problem, and you could actually he's like describing um, how they can get the quantum realm big enough, or the the energy use enough energy to take not only Zephyr One but also all the Chronicom ships back through the quantum realm. Yes. Yeah. And you, if you, if you guys go back and watch, look at Fitz's face too when Deke is describing this. You could tell like Fitz is actually like kind of impressed. Like, oh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. You know, like th- they never got that far. Like, yeah. He, and it was kind of cool in one sense because it's like that's his grandson, and it was kind of like cool to see Deke yeah. kind of not outsmarting Fitz, but really complimenting him. And um, it's also pretty convenient too. Yeah. What do you mean? You can take all the bad guys with you. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, but it was nice to see him actually be con- complimenting his grandson because they had had a almost contentious, a little bit of relationship. Oh yeah, Fitz uh, always seemed to hate yeah, him. Yeah, he he always seemed to be very hard on him. It the was absolute worst. <laughs> yes, it, it was very much like almost he expected so much out of him because of the fact that he came from the same gene pool as him and Gemma. So he's like, you should be a thousand times better than we are. And this is what you are, you know? (laughs) Yeah. At the same time though, I feel like they really missed an opportunity here. Like they didn't like Fitz is impressed. You could see in Fitz's face that he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should do that. But they didn't have a moment. Like, you know, the sacrifice that Deke makes here, he literally stays in a completely different timeline. Yeah. And all of his friends, the people that he's known since his time uh, in the lighthouse in the future. Yeah. Which now they're in the past, the past past. Jeez, that's confusing. But <laughs> like all of his friends and the people he cares about and loves, like he just sacrifices for them. And Yeah. And you never got this moment where him and Fitz were like – they like even had a conversation where Fitz was like, "Thank you" or nothing like that. I feel like yeah. uh, I feel like they could have wrote something a little better there. Um, Which maybe we'll get deleted scenes or something. Hmm. Maybe, but it, it is kind of, it is funny too because Fitz is like, well, "As long as you and and uh, Nana, you know," and he's talking about sex, but he's like, <laughs> "Come together, and uh, maybe you'll see me again in the future." Which is actually a, a, a good, good point. Yeah, yeah. If if the normal events of ninety years in the future in the lighthouse from season five don't happen. Maybe like old Gemma and old uh, Fitz would actually like get to meet their actual grandson like as a baby, which yeah. is kind of a cool thought, you know? Yeah, I, I always thought it'd be a kind of a like a cool thing to have seen um, like Gemma and and uh, Fitz be able to like hold him and be like, yeah, it, it, it was. It's good to be able to see you again, Deke. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Daisy mentioned something about like this being the last mission together, isn't it? And you could see like the the, the room's quiet. The realization, yeah. yeah. And Fitz, he has this line. He says, "How could you know that?" And Gemma says, "Enoch told us before he died." And Fitz is like, "Yeah, that's true." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "In fact, no matter what the outcome, this will be the last time we are all in the same room together, ever." 
Mm, wow. And again, like they kept hitting on that the whole time from the end of episode. Well, actually, from when Enoch said it, episodes back, like seven. S- was that s- that wasn't seven? I'm pretty sure it was seven. No, <laughs> really, nine maybe. No, nine. I, think, I was, was thinking nine. nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, to the end of episode twelve, just a few minutes before, where Sybil said it, like this whole idea, like this is the last time they're ever going to be together. And uh, so you're thinking, who's going to, you know, stay behind? Who's yep. going? How's the team going to break up? And Sousa, this is really cool. Sousa volunteers, and he's he's about to give this big speech, this like Captain America speech yeah. about valor and everything. And he like grabs Daisy's hands. He's about to say goodbye to Daisy. <laughs> and Deke is just, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> Classic Deke, man. He's like, I'm just, I'm kind of a rock god here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. So, um, I don't have every line that he said, but just the idea that nobody else could stay back and set up the machine. Because I was think, here's my thing. I was like, why does anybody have to stay? Because can't they get any of those shield agents, Victoria Hand or that the dude Gamble? Like, can't they get anyone else to do this stuff? I mean, you would think so, but, but I mean, he uh, does make a good point with like someone had to create, like, build it. I guess yeah, he's yeah. the only one to experience. I guess if they're in a time crunch, then. which is a very like fits like thing to say there. That was a very yeah connecting to like the fits ideal and the fact that you know not only would he be the only person to understand it kind of in a vain kind of way, yeah, but also be willing to make that sacrifice and know how important what he was doing was doing. Yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Deke staying back in that timeline? So he mentioned, I'm kind of a rock god here. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, what do you guys think well, of that? Well, even when he is left behind, like he turns around and everyone's like, "Are you the guy in charge now?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> like, yeah, that was a completely. It also kind of like I didn't know how much hands. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of lends to like the idea that you know he's been through a lot, but Deke hasn't really changed all that much because he's kind of like. Takes advantage of any opportunity that he's given. Yeah. For Imagine sure. what yes. that timeline is going to look like now, like with Dude. the knowledge Director he knows D. from like even ninety yeah. years into the future from the yeah. present yeah. timeline, and now he's brought it back into the eighties. Like he's going to be able to like yeah create a, a shield academy if he chooses to stick with it. Well, he's going to be ground zero because every shield base is destroyed, right. so yeah. they have to start over. But that I know that's the uh, spinoff series I need. You know oh, how Agent yeah. you know how oh. Agent Carter had like six episodes. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. I want Director Deke. <laughs> yeah. I want Director Deke, man. That would be just so sick. Um, but, yeah, and, and later on, too, when they're the whole team is talking about, um, you know, where everyone's at and the idea of Deke being in his um, branch timeline. <laughs> um, what is it that Max says? He's like, oh, come on. He's probably headlining or, uh, you know, doing a concert at Madison Square Garden or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, so Deke's staying back, um, and right as, so the whole next sequence was kind of rushed, where they're, like, building this machine, or whatever they need to do to send, um, to to black out all the power, use all the power in New York City to send the team back. Mm -hmm. Um, he's on the radio talking to Mac, and this, this, I think, was the writer's attempt to give us something, remember when I was just saying how they didn't have a moment with him and Fitz? Instead, they had a moment with him and Mac. So you guys might not have caught this. I really did not catch this the first time watching it. But Mac is on the radio, and he says something about, you know, watch out over little Alfie. He's talking about himself. himself and yep. and uh, he says, watch over all of us because they're all about to, well, I guess except for Daisy, <laughs> all about to be born. Um, and Deke says, you know I will. And right as he's talking, Mac interrupts him and says, you don't give up on your friends. 
I know better than anyone. It's true. And I was like, man, yeah. that's such yeah. a good line. Thinking back to that episode where he was in deep depression. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was that was a nice touch. I'll give him that. But uh, yeah. So when they're in the quantum realm, let's talk about Fitz trying to bring, uh, trying to help Gemma remember. You remember? You guys remember this? Yeah. He said yes. we can just get her to remember a small thing, and it can unlock all all things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so they're talking about uh, a star. A star system. A star system, and he helps her remember the name of a star, and it's Alia. A-L-Y-A. Yes. Um, so and that was- Her favorite system. Yeah, her favorite star system, and she remembers some things, but you could tell Fitz is like, she's not remembered the most important thing, and I, I feel like we need to just say what it is so we understand- the weight of everything else that happens in this episode. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, what they're fighting for. Yeah, yes. what they're fighting for. So the whole rest of the episode, they're it's they're they're kind of keeping it veiled. Like, what is what are they fighting for? Yeah, <laughs> and the name of the episode, what we're fighting for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out to be their freaking daughter, right? Yes, yep. <laughs> who is named Alia. Uh, but before we get there, there's so many other things that happen, and I think the writers did a good job of concealing what that was. They all did, the yeah, way yeah they did a really good job of doing that. They really did, because even when uh, at one point Fitz turns around, he's like, "I need to fill y'all in on something." He doesn't say "y'all," of course. I need to fi- fill you guys in on something so you know what we're fighting for. Yeah, so we can come up with a plan together and, and make any you know sacrifices we need to. And then it like cuts yeah, so away, you know the, so you know the gravity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it like cuts away. It, it and then it comes back to them. It's like, all right, everyone know what they need to do. It's like, nope, we're watching here, wondering what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So she remembers Alia. Well, is it at this point we get like the flashback of what they've yeah, been doing? Yeah, what that's the, right. Yeah, what Fitz has been doing. Yes. So then we go to hands down my favorite part of the episode, and one of my favorite parts of the whole freaking season. They spend like several minutes, like going back and documenting everything that they did um like when from when Enoch saved them they were in the lighthouse in season 6 right yes was it the lighthouse yeah yeah it was the lighthouse yeah um everything that happened from then on and man i just thought that was that was like my favorite part of the whole episode yeah it was great we 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 were in pondering about it all yeah. season long and then they actually give it to us and although they were a little shadowy in their like way of doing it until they re- revealed it a little bit later. We get a which was a good, right. was such good even camera work. Yeah, like how all these little scenes that you didn't know that Alia was in it, and then they they just pan it a little more and you see that she's there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. We get a reintroduction of uh, Flint and dude and Piper. Piper Piper again. Yep. Another thing I didn't think I needed. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> but it's like so awesome to see other characters come but, like, back. How quick did we forget? Like. Flint, where well, where's Flint and Piper? Kind of forgettable. I mean, Piper, man, she's yeah. Piper was like a relatively large she's character been, she's in the last around. like see, especially like the last season, season six especially. You know, at least Piper, or at least Flint was kind of like you know okay. Yeah, he was like kind of from a little bit further back, but Piper was very much in that run that they were doing when they were in space and things like that. <laughs> so they actually teleport. So it's actually Gemma. Uh, Fitz and Enoch teleport right onto the Quinjet that Piper and Flint are, are flying. And <laughs> back to the, uh, the the awesome Enoch lines of the week, because we got Enoch is back, baby. Yes. Yep. At least oh, in this yeah. episode. He's not alive, but he is back in this episode. And you don't see his face because he's holding a bunch of equipment, but he just says, 
turn this Quinjet around. <laughs> and then he lowers yeah. the stuff, and you see his Chronicom robot face. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and literally, Fitz says, Enoch, put your face on. You're freaking everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's just like that from seasons like five and six where you just – like Fitz and Enoch, their interactions, their dynamic is really, yes. really good, and they play off each other really well. Yeah, man, it was so great. Um, and, and here's something interesting. Gemma says, Enoch, how did you know um, exactly where the Quinjet would be? How are how are you predicting these things? Oh yeah. And then he reveals that he stole a copy of the time drive, time stream, stream, time stream. excuse me, time yes. stream. And made me think the t- the time stream is all about like guesstimation and percentages. Yeah. If you think about it, Enoch's over here teleporting them into space, hoping that the Quinjet is on it. Yeah, that's true. And if it's not, they're just going to plummet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, You're not think, wrong. If you think about it, it's kind of jacked up. But uh, anyways, yeah, he says, I stole a copy of it. Again, this is one of the, the awesome lines. He said, I stole a copy of it. My time with Fitz taught me how to be an outlaw, and I've gotten quite good at it. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I Dude, love, the, the I love Adventures Enoch. of Fitz and Enoch, man. Uh, I, it really makes me Yes. I need to go watch season 5 again when we are introduced to Enoch. I think at the very beginning. Well, technically the first time we saw him was the end of season 4 when they're in that restaurant, that little diner. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. you hear Enoch, but you don't know who he is until season 5. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I remember Fitz was a left at that diner. How crazy was that? Yeah. Now, it was interesting um thinking about you know, the Fitz-Enoch um, d- dynamic is, you know, if you think about it, the most comfortable time that Fitz has probably had was when he was in the mainframe, when he was dealing with computer systems and things like that. Yeah. And it's interesting to think that once he comes out of that, his most, outside of his connection with Gemma, his, you know, probably most significant interaction is with another life form that is not, you know, human, that is... Very the robotic. <laughs> you so go it's from Ada to Enoch. He, it kind of like lends it like how you know how Fitz is kind of it doesn't fit in a lot of ways in the you know the regular social interactions of the world, which they kind of get at when he like when they talk about like the Shield Academy stuff. He's especially at the very beginning. Fitz is very like finicky and he's very like necessarily people friendly and a lot yeah. of you see a lot of that in the way um he interacts with the people in the way he he acts like he's smarter than everyone else and things like that um so you see a lot of that um interacting and so i thought it was an interesting connection to where like his most important connection outside of gemma also happens to be a robot just like his most comfortable time was in the mainframe in the framework framework yes. sorry no it's okay it's okay um no, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. Um, so while they're doing these flashbacks, they talk about Flint making them a piece of the time monolith. And then uh, they're outside of the uh, temple or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Enoch hands Flint the gun. And he says, okay, take this. We will be right back. <laughs> and they yeah. just book it. They run. <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. They run to the Zephyr. And they're like pressing buttons, get out of there quick. And Enoch says something about them having to go to some distant star yeah. Like solar system or something. And you don't really know what's going on, but you start to pick up on, okay, like they need to get out of there quick, get all their work done, and then in the future come back to this present time, which they do. Right. Because later on you see yeah. the uh, 
what is those little cell capsules that they used to use? Uh, the pods. The pods, yeah. yeah. You see one of those pods come down, and you hear Flint and um, Piper. <laughs> Piper be like, that was fast. Piper says something like, are you guys messing with time again? <laughs> 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 it's complicated, okay? Uh, yeah, so they live out their lives, and Gemma and or Fitz is describing how, like, they in, they took time, and yeah. I thought that was so cool. That was one of the theories on Reddit, like coming into season seven, like what what's going on? And it's like, man, maybe Gemma and Fitz, like they just got to live their lives and came back in time, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in a sense, that kind of happened. I mean, they needed mm-hmm. they needed the time to get everything set up and ready to go to yeah. to help save everybody. And yeah. what better way to do it than like, I mean, it's like going to going to work. You work like nine to five, and then you take a break. And live your life, and then yeah. they like focus back in on it again, day after day. Yeah, uh, I mean, granted, they were in a distant yeah. star system doing it in space, which was I thought was pretty cool for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was really important because even though yes, they were trying to save their friends, I think them being able to live their lives together and then have a child like really drove them f- stronger. To get to this point to where they can, they could save the world, you know, it really focused their want to save the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, gosh, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, guys. There's just so much. I mean, this episode just has so much to talk about. We they, can't. They do a good job of like tying a lot of things together, dude. Yeah, for sure, a, a ton. Um, and when they when they come back with the pod, uh, Fitz gets in it. They say you have to guard it. And guard it, it with your life. Guard it with yes. your life. And Gemma tells Piper, "If you do this, I will give you anything you want." And it. And she said, "If I'm not back by sunup, open it. You'll know what to do." And after watching it a second time, I was like, "Man, what she just told her was like." Gemma's like, "If I fail, if we fail, you just open it, and Fitz will be here to take care of his daughter. He'll be a single dad. Like if you think about it, like that's what's yeah, going to happen. That's true. You're right." Thankfully, that didn't happen. Again, for Fitz, he was only in there for, I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Yeah. Um, we got a whole season out of it, so that's mm. cool. <laughs> uh, but All right, so basically that's the whole flashback of what they've been doing for the last— Which we got answers, which thank yes. you, writers, yes. for, for giving you. us some answers. Yes. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And just, again, seeing Enoch again, man, I'm so happy. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about— Malik, so and and Sybil, they are in the quantum realm as well. They're in their ships. They can't do anything in the quantum realm. So you got this weird like time where, uh, <laughs> like Fitz is trying to help Daisy or excuse me, help Gemma remember things, and the Chronicom ships are behind them. They're just kind of chilling, talking as well. Um, and so there's just like this lull period in the quantum realm, and you have this awesome line from Malik where <laughs> where he says. We got pulled out of reality into this Grateful Dead poster. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, that was phenomenal. <laughs> and he's so mad, and he's they, so him and him and Sybil are just you know plotting. They're trying to figure yeah what yep. they need to do. Yeah, it's kind of also an not interesting happy. like uh, like forced pause in the fighting action because they like, they go from this fighting to this inaction to where they're just kind of waiting for what they know is going to be action on the other side. It's almost like in. Uh, Phantom Menace, Star Wars, where oh, yeah. the final um, lightsaber fight, where they have the energy fields in between the the Jedi and um, Darth yeah, Maul. I remember that? Yeah. And there's like these this force stopped where you're like for a second they're they, like they know they're about to do battle, but 
there's nothing they can do about it. And that's kind of what's happening during this entire time is these kind of forced pauses in these intense in this intense action. Yeah. So do you guys remember right when they get out of the quantum realm, like, again, Fitz told the team what they're fighting for. They didn't tell us, of course. We had to wait. Um, and <clears throat> and and uh, basically they break the team up into two teams. You have the Quinjet team, which has Fitz, Gemma, Yo-Yo, and Sousa. What a, what a freaking combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other team was May, Coulson, Mac, and Daisy. I'll take that second team. All day. Uh, <laughs> All day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Quinjet team shows up to the temple, and they get in those hazmat suits, hazmat suits yes. from the end of season six. And I'm just like, what is going on? Yeah. So they go there, and they help Gemma and Enoch fix the whole temple situation. And it was just freaky watching, like, the Gemma that doesn't remember anything, by the way. Who thought of that? Like, how, yeah. how did she keep herself composed? I have no idea. Yeah. And Yo-Yo, they also picked, like, Yo-Yo, who was traumatized by that. Oh, yeah, and you get to yes. watch her suffering yeah. again. Yeah. And then to tie it up, oh, yeah, hey, uh, Sousa, I know you have no idea what that big rock is over there, but go ahead and uh, cut a piece of it yeah, out. Yeah, give me a sample of that. <laughs> yeah, dude. While they get to watch May dying on the ground <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. So a lot was happening there. Like, a ton was happening there. At, at the same time, on the, uh, the Chronicom mothership, Malik was like, taking powers from Korra. And this oh, is where I Malik know. gets OP. Yeah. Yes. So Ma- all of a sudden Malik is a uh Nathaniel is a I don't know, a dual uh inhuman. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yep. two powers now. Two freaking powers, dude. What the crap. Korra's powers were already like crazy powerful. Yeah. And then right. obviously Daisy, her power, she I mean, she broke a world the world. So yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all that's happening while uh the Zephyr team is like Cloaked in space, and they're waiting. Man, they pulled like a little okie doke on the uh, on the chronicoms. Like yeah. the chronicoms are searching for the Zephyr. They spot it on the surface of the Earth, but they it's f- the old Zephyr. It's the old Zephyr. Yeah. Maybe one of you guys should describe what happens here, because again, <laughs> every time you're dealing with time, I feel like I'm uh, like a lost puppy. The the team that's on the Zephyr at the end of season six, they're all loading up and getting ready to time travel or chase the chase the chronicoms. And when that ship disappears is right when the the the, the mothership right. goes to destroy them and they disappear. But then at the exact same moment, the current, the one that we're watching in season seven, that yeah. Zephyr does a little loop-de-loo uh-huh. around and yep. attaches onto the, the Dude, old mothership. Switcheroo. Yeah, exactly. And ma- maintain their cloakingness and they're like, okay, we lost the Zephyr. It's like it's gone. Yeah. But in all actuality, they were focusing in on the Zephyr that's been chasing them from the beginning of season seven. So, yep. And Sybil actually says, because one of her Chronicom buddies says, you know, they think it's destroyed because there's no, it's not scanning anywhere. And she says, I don't believe it or something like that. She yeah. says, yeah. no matter the percentages, these people always beat the odds, which mm. was, I thought was a cool line. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like her, kind of one yeah. of the first her. times. Oh, yeah. It's like the first time where you see a crack in her belief in Boom. in uh, yep. her prediction ability. Yep. And then there's a sequence in the next few minutes of, of multiple callbacks because it's the finale. There's just a bunch of good callbacks in the next few minutes. Um, Mac says to May, that's some serious lying there. And May says, that used to be all I did. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> I remember that, man. Her just being the pilot. Yeah. Like, Oh gosh! And then uh, Mac and Coulson are walking through the hallway of, you know, the the 
the Chronicom ship or whatever, and Coulson says something like, I hope that we don't run into someone or something, and Max says, you hope, I'll pray. <laughs> you know, he's a religious man, uh, which was followed up by Coulson doing a vicious snapping of a Chronicom neck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Coltron gosh. Coltron best. Yeah, Coltron mm-hmm. just getting wild, dude. Uh, then they catch Coulson. He's about to get reassigned. Uh Man, so much stuff is going on. Um, and and then the next callback was when Coulson is with Sybil, and she's talking about how she's going to reassign them. Coulson mentions that uh, the Quinjet team, so uh, Gemma and Fitz are back at the lighthouse, and you see Sybil is delighted to hear that information because she actually didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know Fitz was, yeah. She didn't yeah. know where they were, so she's delighted. So she tells all the Chronicoms to go – Again, that hive mind. She's, like, controlling them yeah. to go to the lighthouse. So they're all showing up at the lighthouse. And uh, Colson says, now it's my turn to smile. And um, she's like, well, wh- what for? <laughs> and uh, we just needed you to enter the authorization. Oh, and what comes next? And then, boom, May drops out of the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> somehow <laughs> kills <laughs> Sybil. They didn't really give Sybil, no, like, a proper they, death. No, they really didn't. No. Like, she lands on her and... Sends her flying, but you wouldn't think that would really knock her out or kill her. And then you just hear May say, the Calvary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good callback. Yeah. Great, Great callback. Yep. I mean, the only thing I can think of is Sybil was, uh, because she had to build her own body, and she probably was not really thinking about the possibility of them becoming very strong. She did not build the strongest structure for herself. Yeah. Um. Man, again, there's so much. I'm I'm just flying through it because I really want to talk about the ending. But basically, you have this whole sequence where they they have Korra use her powers to amplify uh, May giving empathy to the Chronicoms, and now they're friends as they've always been. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it's like they they kind of saved the day. And yep. so from yep. so from there. Gemma and Fitz are able to run out to the pod and see their daughter. Yes. And yep. Which was a touching moment. It was yeah. a touching moment, yeah. And I think that might have come after Daisy killing Nathaniel, but having to kill herself to do it. But thank God that Cora has force healing abilities. Okay, yeah. So yep. this is the for me for <laughs> me this it. this is the one moment of the of the show right now. This episode I will say. Yeah. Uh, not too keen on. Okay, so she destroys herself, uh, Malik, and like the ship, right? And she's like floating in space, yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they scoop her up in the ship, and they bring her in there. She's she's dead. Uh, but then like Cora goes up to her and like does the force healing. He said like, I don't know, man. Like I didn't like it when they did it in Last Jedi. I. <laughs> When they pulled like uh, Leia back into oh, the ship, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I just didn't like it. Now, man, I don't know. I feel like it was, I, I feel like it was like uh, directed towards us as an audience as being like, you know what, we're we're killing her off right here, but we're not really killing. But her not right really, yeah. yeah. Like, well, it's Marvel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, I feel like we should have had some more, I don't know, some more gravity to to that situation. Yeah, because she made this like. Oh, like that's my plan. I'm gonna kill myself or something like that, right? Like yeah. she made that like gesture, yeah. And then we didn't get to and for like, it to play out. We didn't. It didn't fulfill us. I guess season as far five. As that goes. This yeah. this already happened when she was facing graviton. It was like you thought she was gonna die facing him, right? Yeah. Remember, so in, in a similar way, it, it's kind of like they did it again. And on top of the fact that 
like the last few episodes, like the last team the team will ever be together. Enoch is telling her specifically to embrace it because this is your last mission. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like I, I kind of for a moment I was like, oh wow, like she's actually dead. Like yeah, they just but, killed off Daisy. Yeah, like, but I, it all happened so fast though. Like, yeah. like the moment that the ship blew up, and then like literally two seconds later, she's getting scooped, scooped up, up, and then five yeah. seconds after that, Cora's putting her hands on her, and no. then like, four cost, seconds after that, nothing. yeah, and then it was nothing. It was it was painless, really. Yeah. Mm. So that kind of felt cheap in a little bit. Yes, for and that, sure. And that was my yeah. that was my one gripe of this final episode yeah. right here. And that's fair. That's fair. I think you know, I think these writers usually err on the side of not killing off. But it it, pays, <laughs> it does pay off. Keeping her alive does pay off with when they reveal like this how they yeah. how they end. Okay. So. so, so we get it. So we have this beautiful moment with Gemma and Fitz going to see Alia. And this adorable little Scottish baby with her accent. You know, they have this yeah. wonderful, brilliant interactions. Um, and you're like, wow, like this is what we're fighting for. And then you go to commercial, we're all emotional. And you come back and it says one year later. Oh, gosh, man. They pulled <laughs> and, an end game. Dude, and at first I was like, what? wait a minute. I want to know. Yeah. But it makes sense. The whole team knew about Alia earlier in the episode. Again, I picked up on this watching it a second time. When Fit said, let me fill you guys in on everything. We just weren't filled in. Yeah. Right. But it just felt weird. Like, it felt weird coming back from commercial one year later. They're sitting down in a room. Come to find out later that they're all, like, <sighs> what projecting into that. What are they doing? What, what sort of technology is that, Justin? Uh, I mean, You're I think a it's, Marvel tech it's, guy. Well, no, it's the same as they use in the Winter Soldier when they're, they're doing the World Council meetings. Yeah, and, and uh, in Endgame. And well, well kind of, yeah. kind of. Well, not kind of. It's different because, yeah. Anyway, we're like the you know, you know, like the chairs were projecting in the World Council meeting, yeah. uh, but it looks like this time there was just like a, a head device or something like that. But yeah, right. So one year later, and again, at first I wasn't crazy about it, but then as that scene kept going, I was like, you know what, this is really awesome because they were describing everywhere that the whole where everyone on the team had has is now at. You know? So what, yeah. they have uh, chairs in a circle, yep. and like they are, they're all sitting there, and uh, they're they're sharing their their moments of what yep. they've been up to for a year, and uh, it's just interesting seeing that where some of them are. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah. we we knew Mac was going to be like that, like head director, like yeah. taking over like Nick Fury's job, um, but like just to, like hearing how how happy he was, like I yep. mean. Of what he's able to do, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was just it was good, good for Mac. Yeah. I think I think them doing it virtually also created a, a more natural way for them to ask how they were doing. You know, like oh, w- by saying where are you right now, mm-hmm. it's kind of it was their way of saying how are you doing. You know, without having to go around the circle and be like, well, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Yeah. What have you been up to? Yeah. And you could tell they're all busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all very Which, busy. I don't understand. I mean, you could have easily met up somewhere. Like you have these Quinjets that fly around wherever. You <laughs> yeah, go. yeah, that's fair. And you're all in positions of, you know, high rank in the sheer shield, you know, hierarchy. Like you can be like, you know what, you guys, I'm going to take the noon, afternoon off. You know, we're going to go meet up somewhere. No, but this was what the the time stream revealed that they would never be in the room together again. Yep. Yeah, and it was accurate. So. Um, I did like the uh, Let's talk about where they all went, or is that what you were about to say? Yeah, I was getting ready to go, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. Take, no, I won't. Yeah, I'd be honored if you would. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're talking about like each individual person, right? Like, yeah, so yeah. like Daisy. Um, oh man, <laughs> well she's still at Susa, so that's revealed. Yeah. She's still at Susa, um, which I was actually enjoyed the the fact that she's given it a chance and 
able to have a relationship. Yeah. I mean, her past couple of relationships have been uh, pretty... Yikes. Uh, yeah. Heavy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> I still think Ghost Rider would have been a better fit, but that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, no, no, it was good to see that so she was, with, she was with happy. with Cora too. Yeah. Oh yeah, with Cora, Cora's the she's new got recruit. her sister, yes. new recruit. Uh, the yeah, new recruit. Right? Yeah, shield recruit. And uh, well, or is it a sword recruit? Ooh, was that? Did we pick up? Did we pick on that? Uh, okay, so again, I think the writers just wrote it like not that it's going to happen, but just more of like this would be fun, wouldn't it? So it, yeah. you're kind of led to yeah. believe. Um, that, you know, the fact that they're in space, like maybe they're a part of S.W.O.R.D., which is like the intergalactic version of Sh- of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield, yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting. I, yeah. I'm surprised you haven't thought about that. No, I did not. I didn't thought that even crossed my mind. Well, you're welcome. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, like Yo-Yo's placing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool that she was kind of a, her, her own team now, but I thought the best part about it was the kind of like. Uh, actually happened had to deal with Piper yeah. and how her one thing <laughs> oh this is good anything that she could have chosen was to have her person that she basically treated as her nemesis back yeah and Dang. but they were just you know they were just best friends and they just you know they they had that love for each other yeah, and the for fact sure. that she got him back I thought that was such a like Davis yeah I thought that was such a, just a great little moment where you got to see them back together and he was like. Well, it's all your fault because you programmed me to be slightly less smart than you. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so Gemma uh, promised uh, promised Piper that they'd give her whatever want, whatever she wanted, and she wanted a Chronicom version of, of, of Davis. Davis. Yes. How awesome is that? <laughs> wow. um, what, was, what was the theory for like the longest time that Davis was a scroll? Do you remember that? That was going around. Oh, on, man, on that Reddit. was everywhere, yeah. everywhere, yeah. Um, okay, so we covered Daisy, we covered Yo-Yo, we covered Mac as, I guess... Seemingly the director. Yeah, I mean, he had the Nick Fury trench coat. Gosh, I mean, if we yeah. if we get any of these people in future Marvel movies, I've said this forever, I'll lose it. We're not gonna, but that's fine. Um, like you can you can see uh, Daisy's ship pulling up to another ship, and she gets off and greeted by Nick Fury because gosh, at the I end of uh, was it, it Captain Marvel? She he was in space. Yeah, uh, it was with the scrolls. Mm-hmm. How crazy would that be? Nah, yeah, nuts. I'm, I'm telling you, it'd be great. And the fact that Sousa would be there, too. <laughs> That's true. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and not a cop in New York City. But anyways. Um, mm. uh, oh, Gemma and Fitz. Uh, okay. Beautiful, yes. man. So is they, this, yes. Wait, is this the last group? Or no, do we do Coulson there's, first? There's a few more. We'll, we'll come all okay. the way around. All right, all right. We'll finish with Coulson because that's where they the show finished. But um, yeah, Gemma and Fitz, they finally, they're retired and they finally yeah. get to to live their life in, in peace. And and I don't know, I was on Twitter and that someone had pictures of them with their at the end with uh with Alia in the field and it's like this is the most beautiful ending to any uh really uh sh- sh- like crazy relationship in a yeah, TV show. It really was <laughs> one of the most up and down. Yeah. yeah. The it, universe it, kept them apart and we I honestly thought they were could have ended the show with them apart, but luckily yeah, they, they are. They end up together. We get Fitzsimmons forever. I know. I'm so happy. Yeah, and I think one of the great <laughs> things was it wasn't the two of them that was keeping them apart throughout the entire series. It was the circumstances and stuff like that. So it wasn't like a traditional like will they won't they relationship. It was literally the universe is against you. Yeah. So like the idea of them being together at the end, it, it made so much sense and it was so poetic because lots of times you see in shows it's like. You know, halfway through this sh- this show, they break up and then they get back together and then they break up and then they cheat on each other and then they break up. You know, whereas in this, it was just 
the universe was fighting against them. So the fact them being together at the end was just it was just perfect. It's what we needed, man. It's what we needed. It's what we called in the beginning of the season. We were like, this needs to happen in order yes. for this to be successful. And, and they did it. They delivered. So. Uh, the wild card was Melinda May. Ah, <laughs> yes. Who is? What do you guys think? I mean, is she like a professor or a head of the academy? Maybe. What do you think is going on there? It seems like she's just like a simple teacher. I thought she was like, for at first I thought she was like a psychologist because I, you know, that might make sense with her new powers. Right. Yeah. Um, but then it's revealed that she's at the academy and not alone either. How cool is it that freaking Flint? Oh yeah, yeah. She's at the academy attending too. the academy. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't think she's like the head. I think she's just. I, I think she kind of almost melted back into like her pre-shield role in the sense of like she's oh, now taking on the role of you of know Andrew. being a teacher of just yeah, being kind that's right. of. Yeah, of being normal. Her, what, her first you know? husband. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if she's doing the same thing as Andrew now? That would be that's so probably, cool. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, and yeah. she's like uh, Colson. He's like, you got to come teach a class, tell some stories or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The kid, the students really like that. Yeah, nice. yeah. Which it, Colson Academy? It's called. Yeah. Yes, that was really cool. Gosh. So a lot of cool things happening here. Um, I guess we can finish it with Colson, and um, he gets. <laughs> he gets a present from well actually first it looks like he's just taking some personal time isn't that how he described it yeah that's it? how he described yes. it he's go trying to world. discover things or, yeah. or for uh, himself I mean Coltron man he's gonna turn one day yeah. just kidding <laughs> um, but Mac has a present for him and it's a box that has some car keys in it and it's keys to Lola yes his wonderful mm. beautiful red uh, what, is it convertible it's a, but yeah, what it's was a Corvette. it Corvette yeah, Corvette yeah. that's right he flies away in his flying Corvette, and there's something cool, Justin, you told me off the pod about uh, that gift. Yeah, the, that? Uh, the, the the code that you put in to, uh, I guess, what, tr- turn into the, the black flying whatever, right? right? Yeah, to open the... To, the glove box, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, 136, and uh, the however many episodes there are in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series is 136, so... Oh. Nice little yeah. touch. Nice yeah. little. Anthony loves that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love he that He perked stuff. up a little bit. He yeah. did. Yes. You did perk up, man. Yeah. Um, and that's it, guys. That is Shield ends. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was so funny on Reddit, too. Like, you know, right when the, the, it went off, you see the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo, and you always hear Coulson. Sometimes it's another character. May's done a few where you hear someone. What they say, we'll return in a moment. Yeah. And you didn't get it. And nope. you just knew, like, man, this is it. Yeah. How you guys feeling? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little uh, deflated, I guess I would say, just because yeah. I don't have anything else to like, kind of fill me up, you know? Like, you, that yeah. shield is that thing where you could always look forward to, yeah. and it just like builds you up, builds you up, and then now there's like nothing, so like I'm just being real deflated right now, man. Yeah, and like I said, at the end of the runs of these shows that you've been following for so long, y- you feel lost, you know, a little bit, because they were these... You were following these storylines, and now they're just ended, you know? Like, uh, uh, and, and like I was saying, it's like your life continues, but this life that you've been following is all of a sudden just stopped. And it's it's hard because you're like you, – you literally feel like you're lost. Like you had something to look forward to, like eat from week to week to week, to think about, to think on as you were learning new stuff, to be blown away – you know, for them to show you things that you never thought you would see. Um, and now you're not going to see that anymore. It's over. And now we're left waiting mm-hmm. for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like, what's going to be the next show to kind of, like, captivate us like this? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., like, inspired us to, like, start this podcast. Like, we would always 100%. meet up and talk about the show. Yep. And, uh... 
just how much we enjoyed it, how much we loved it. Well, I guess, then, we're, I guess we're done with this podcast. Then. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, good, it was a good run. It was a good <laughs> run, guys. Uh, we have nothing else to talk about at yeah. all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. What if we just spend a few minutes, uh, maybe not even that long because I'm tired, but um, season seven in general, overall? Fantastic season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. From start to finish, it was good. Uh, I really, I can only think of like maybe one or two episodes that didn't live up to yeah. like the the standard that was set. Uh, I like I said the the noir episode was fantastic. Oh of the, man, the, that was one, of the, so one good. of the best of the whole series. Time, the time loop episode, yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of like heavy episodes too. So yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Really it was fun too, man. Like, yeah. I mean, the Deke Squad. Like, I didn't know <laughs> I needed that in my life, but yes. it, it, there, here it is now. Yeah, the Deke Squad. Yeah, mm. I felt like it was a, a really good season. I think they did a really good job of balancing out, you know, building this new storyline. Um, you know, giving us enough of what we have been building up for six seasons. You know, in you know flashbacks and things like that, in the sense of you know, okay, seeing. You know, a little bit of homage to things that had happened in the past, um, and just wrapping up everything in a thirteen se- excuse me thirteen episode season. You know, because it's kind of hard sometimes. You know, thirteen episodes for a show that normally runs like twenty two episodes. Yeah, you right. know, that's a whole new way to have to look at a season when you're cutting it almost in half. Yeah, but I'll say the quality of the episodes uh, really showed when they cut oh, this yeah. down. They cut this, the the episode number down. They the payroll went wet far in the and that quality budget. Yeah. yeah that, shout out to the visual effects department there, man. They, they went all out that like yeah. those chronic ships were like immaculate, dude. They yeah. look, look very beautiful, but, uh, I mean, we're going to miss shield. That's the bottom line. We are for yeah. sure. Hey, maybe we'll get a Disney plus movie. Agents of Shield movie, dude, that'd be nuts. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Again, or, seven again, seasons in a hey, movie. Director, <laughs> Director Deke. Just, I just want a mini series. Director Deke, give me like four to six yeah. episodes. I'll, dude, it can be like a fifteen minute short. Dude, like, I'll take anything, man. Yeah. I just want to see. Like, uh, he I clocks see out how... from being the director and to yeah. go to yes. the, <laughs> the Deke Squad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, so, like a ridiculous, like <laughs> almost like Hannah Montana, where he's like has to be undercover as Deke. Oh, like, and he's like. Trying to show, oh, I'm Deke, but I'm not, you know, Deke from Deke and, you know, the Deke squad. <laughs> Gosh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm so thankful for it. And ep- season seven was amazing. And uh, they went out on a high note. I- I'm sure this isn't the last time we will discuss it. It's going to be the last review, but, it, you know, there'll be times where it comes up in in other pods. But. That's it, guys. That is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. We have a very long, uh, long-winded pod here. Obviously, two episodes in one review, so that's why it's so long. But we're going we're gonna to close up shop here, and we're going uh, to say goodnight. So for my good friends, Justin Sandoval, and, of course, Anthony Shimato Amato, uh, we want to say thank you for listening to this review and for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast in general. We love you guys so much. We thank you for... Uh, for tuning in and staying on this long. It's amazing. Uh, We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.